Howdy, everybody, and welcome to another BP Movie Journal, the show we do where we talk about the stuff we've seen since the last time we did one of these. I'm David. I'm Tyler. And I forget what I say here because I (laughs) haven't done this with you for so long, but how are you doing, Tyler? Uh, I'm doing all right, just to give everybody a little update. Um, So... uh I've been making some progress, some significant progress. Um, I've been able to hold my head up for 30 straight minutes. My previous record was nine, so that's pretty cool. Um, I just recently was able to move my left pectoral muscle so that's movement below my neck, which is exciting. Um, let's see. I can control my bladder, so that's good. Um, s- next week, I'm gonna get a, uh, a new trach, which, which will allow me to talk better. And... Mm-hmm. It'll be a a little closer to my actual voice. So that's really good, because I fucking hate hate sounding like this. I'm sure you do too. But, uh, yeah, that... and, And I'm able to see my kids, which has been, uh... Pretty good, but also kind of sad. But but it's good to see them. Yeah, I mean that's not actually they're the only update. Because uh, the last time we did uh, one of these, you um, since then you've been able to sort of move your head side to side a little bit, like you know not move, and also you're in a different facility completely, which is. Um, Maybe not geographically as convenient to me as the old place, but this place is uh, has a much more nice and relaxing, homey feel to it. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, and I'm doing a lot of therapy, a lot of rehab um, that takes up a lot of my day, and uh, and I'm pretty sure that that's why I, I've been making the gains that I have. Um, I've also been eating pureed food, which is mostly terrible. Um, But I've been able to uh, drink coffee, which is great. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, these are all, um, all uh, uh, very promising. Um, You know, uh, Advances none miraculous, as uh, the Deadwood episode is called, but hopefully <laughs> your situation turns out better than uh, Bullock's son. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's... Man, what a great title. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, and then I've had some meetings with some doctors who uh, feel very confident that I'll get, that I'll get better. Um, not just get off the vent, but get some movement back, if not all of it. But it's going to take a long time. And, uh, I don't, that, 
that's both encouraging and discouraging at the same time. But, but, yeah, I'll so, someday I'll be back on the show regularly, and uh, I really look forward to that. Yeah, so all of you who are sick of uh, me and Scott blathering on, uh, you'll get some some real personality back on the show before too long. Uh, so we are going to do, this is a, uh, unorthodox, but a, a, you know, as is our situation here, um, this is going to be Tyler's movie journal. Ne- next week I'll come back at you with probably a mega-sized uh, movie journal of my own, but we're just going to talk about the things that Tyler has seen since he came out of his coma pretty much right uh yeah pretty much and with one exception um i'm i'm sticking to movies that are 2022 um i've seen other movies for the first time but uh but yeah just so this doesn't go too long i'm gonna just stick to uh 2022 movies um but i've actually been watching just a lot of TV because you know it kills the time better but uh, but yeah so my first movie is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio which I thought was really good I thought it was beautiful I thought it was beautiful and um I think I have some story issues with it as far as uh, the way he modernized it. Because, you know, uh, God forbid Guillermo del Toro not include fascism in his movies. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I still liked it. But, um... I will say that I feel like we were robbed because I would have loved to see Del Toro um, tackle Candlewick turning into a donkey. But, I mean, that would have been so disturbing. Yeah, I would have lost the sort of for kids label, I think. Whatever, it's not for kids anyway. Uh, wait, is it not? I don't think so. Not with all that fascist stuff. It's interesting you mention that because, yeah, that's been going back to the beginning of his career, like with, like, Devil's Backbone and, and Pan's, La- Pan's Labyrinth. But weirdly, not to get too political, it's come to be more relevant as, you know, fascism all over the world, like democracy has been... Uh, not has not had a good few years, and and uh, there's a, a lot more uh, uh, populist fascists in power, or some of them coming out of power. Brazil, way to go! Uh, in recent recent months, but uh, uh, it's weird how that's come that that preoccupation of his has come back around. Yeah, get off your soapbox, hippie. <laughs> okay, well. Um, yeah, I saw that too, but I talked about the movie journal. Um, yeah, I thought it, I thought the animation was was beautiful. Uh, before we move on to your next movie, though, uh, I forgot there was when we did the glass mailbag episode, the episode eight twenty three, Tyler's first episode back uh, since his ordeal had started. We um, opened mail from listeners, and I was going through my closet 
and I found something that I hadn't o- opened. So, uh, Peter, longtime friend of the show and, and uh, postcard sender, uh, yeah. Peter sent us a big package. Um, and it's an, it's an issue of the new, the new York Times magazine with Bob Odenkirk on the cover. And then, okay, so there's some things that hopefully make sense of this. Um, so, oh yeah, this is from, this is from July. So this is from before you even went into the, uh, uh, hospital. So, uh, Peter says, David, in cleaning out my home office, I came across a stack of old New York Times magazines. I'm a Sunday subscriber. I thought you'd like the feature article on Bob Odenkirk. I've always been a fan of his work on Better Call Saul, and I was fascinated by how, by how his childhood experiences have influenced his professional work, and the article on crying I thought would be right up your alley. I also tear up easily watching movies, just put on the final scene of Field of Dreams, and it's Niagara Falls. Um, he didn't do the Buster Poindexter voice himself, but that's what I think. Uh, Tyler, right before I moved from L.A. to Seattle, I ate at Dr. Hogley Wogley's Tyler Texas Barbecue. They don't have gift cards, but they do DoorDash, so here's a card for that. I hope you'll use it for some tasty barbecue, but as a busy father-slash-teacher-slash-podcaster extraordinaire, please use it as you wish. This is from Peter, so he sent you a DoorDash. Obviously, um, unless we're going to, like, put some ribs in a blender, (laughs) uh, you're not going to be able to use it right away, but uh, you will be able to use it on Dr. Hogley Wogley's Tyler Texas Barbecue soon. Um... Any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, thank you very much, Peter. Uh, as soon as I as soon as I can, I will. Um, that reminds me, Eater LA has a they have a lot of lists that they update, like best you know, whatever best Thai food, best sushi in LA, and they have a best barbecue in LA, LA list. And recently, Doctor Hogley Wogley's fell off the ranking. It is no longer on the list. That's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. There's, I guess there's just a lot of barbecue opening in Los Angeles. I don't want to hear from you, North Carolinians and you Texans and Kansas Cityans. Like, I know. Whatever. Shut up. It's not as good, I'm sure. I don't care to have this argument. Um, but there's a lot of new barbecue places, so I guess Dr. Hogley Wogley is just uh, couldn't rise to the occasion maybe well i know that they actually were closed for a while because they had a fire um so maybe uh i'm just gonna hope that the 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 judging was taking place while they were closed that's talk about kicking them when they're down i know exactly what a bunch of bullshit yeah um Okay, let's move on to your next movie. I don't know if you remember what it is, but I have it written down somewhere. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, next up for me is the documentary Fire of Love. I do not remember the name of the director. Who is it? Sarah Dosa. Okay, yeah. Um, so, I'll be honest. I wanted to like this more. It's really good. I, I liked it a lot, but for some reason I expected to love it and I didn't I found myself kind of at arm's length from it um which I guess I should have expected but I mean obviously the footage is is mesmerizing and 
and I love that. And the story itself is, is kind of tragic. It reminds me, it feel like, feels like it would be a good uh, companion film with uh, Grizz, Grizz, Grizzly Man. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, just this tale of obsession and, 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 and passion. I don't know. I thought it was good. I liked it a lot, but but I didn't. I didn't quite love it. Uh, I w- yeah. I don't know if I'd go so far to say I loved it either, but I think I might have liked it more than you. And coincidentally, I saw it a second time yeah. this week. Uh, they did. Um, they did a, a couple of screenings like on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. So Natalie and I went to see it. The director was there. Miranda July was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got. To, and I, I would say the. Um, uh, the first time I watched it, I was just soaring on the beautiful imagery and Miranda July's narration and their love story. I think the second time seeing it with a crowd, seeing it in a in a in a big theater, the tragedy of it came through more. I was more upset by the end of it. Yeah, I mean, it's of course you you know where it's headed, but it's still sad nonetheless. Yeah, they tell you in the opening, Miranda July's like first thing she says is about like this is they will die the next day or whatever um but interesting story that sarah dosa the director told was that the original conception was to only use that the the so the entire movie if you haven't seen it is based out of is is uses footage that the the this two this couple who were volcanologists shot themselves and then also some archival like news and and like talk show footage there's no new footage shot for the movie and Saradosa's original plan was to not even have narration but she found that because they only shot while they were working there was no domestic life and so the love that she was trying to illustrate wasn't really there so they um were uh kind of looking to the French New Wave and that sort of French New Wave style of having a, like, third-party kind of, like, quirky narrator, you know? And uh, and, and, and that's how they landed on Miranda July, who uh, is exactly that. She is not, like, a professional voiceover artist, but I think she really fits the movie. Yeah, it definitely... I kind of got that feeling, which is probably why I felt like I was at, at a distance from it, because yeah, that that's usually how I feel with uh, that French New Wave narration as well. Uh, all right, let's move on to your next movie. Um, I'll find it here. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, we watched this one together. Well, my second time. Yeah, we sure did. Uh, it was Martin McDonough's Banshees of Inisherin, which I was really excited about, and I really liked it. Again, didn't quite love it. I love parts of it, but uh, yeah, it's a really thought-provoking film. There's there's stuff in it that I find more juvenile than absurd, like the stuff with the fingers. Which I, you know, it's just, it's so extreme that I have a hard time embracing it. But the rest of the film, I think, is so fast, so fascinating. Great performances all around. I think it's visually beautiful. And I think thematically, just this, this exploration, for me, I think the film is 
an exploration of of, uh, man's obsession with a legacy in the especially man this idea of like oh I want to make make a difference in the world even though you're not going to be alive to see it and just this this idea of like well maybe just being a good person and maybe being a good uh, a good friend maybe that's enough a legacy but but some people myself included fall victim to this idea that no I want to create something that that people will talk talk about after I'm dead but in the process the the Brendan Gleeson character winds up being really uh really hurtful. Yeah, I um I think I'm interestingly you say you uh uh sort of sympathize with Brendan Gleeson's character a little bit. I'm definitely more the Colin Farrell. I don't care. I want people to remember me as as nice, and that's kind of about it. But uh, and also I'm dumb, and you're smart. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> um, I also yeah this is a movie that I have seen twice now and both times I could not quite connect with it um I think uh the Colin Farrell and Carrie Condon and Barry Keegan are all fantastic I don't think Brennan Gleeson's bad but I also to me he doesn't feel like a character so much as like an external force that is impacting yeah. impacting Colin Farrell's life. This is a movie about this is a movie about Colin Farrell. It's not a two-hander. It's that's to me that's what it is. So that kind of leaves me a little cold and also just that feeling I always get with Martin McDonough of just how pleased he is with his own dialogue. Oh, absolutely. And and don't get me wrong, I don't think the film is is defending Brendan Gleeson's character. Um, I think it's it's siding with um, Colin Farrell, and so for someone like me, I watch that movie and I feel personally convicted because of some of the things that I think, you know, especially given where I am right now in my life, and I'm thinking about like, well, what have I left behind if if things were to suddenly go wrong? And, you know, sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Um, you know, I, I, I love the podcast and, and I'd be leaving that behind and, and the documentaries I made. But honestly, so many people have come to visit me in the hospital and I just realized that I have a lot of friends, and that's that's not a bad bad legacy at all. Not at all. You also have two sons. Well, yeah, I know, but that's like a literal living legacy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to think in terms of you know the movie. Right. Yeah. Um, here's a weird thing. Okay, so Martin McDonough's brother, John Michael McDonough, made made a movie called Calvary that I love with my heart and soul. Um, The guy who plays the cop in Banshees of Inishirin plays a cop in Calvary. And the guy who plays the bartender in Banshees of Inishirin plays a bartender in Calvary. Is that an intentional nod or just a sign of how small the pool of actors in Ireland is? (laughs) 
I, I've got to assume that's intentional. Um, all right. Next, next movie. Uh, oh, okay. This is the one you mentioned that is actually from 2021, not 2022. Yeah, I finally got around to seeing uh, uh, Coda. Best Picture winner, Coda. Yeah, about that. Um, it's a perfectly fine film. It's very sweet. I teared up a couple times. Great performances. But, uh... But, yeah, I think it's just that. It's a perfectly fine film. And, by the way, there are moments that I just think, like... Like, everything with the music teacher... I just think, like, what the hell? Where where did this come from? It feels like it's out of a different movie. But I, I like the movie, but I didn't I, I didn't think it was anything special. I definitely don't think it deserved best picture or best screenplay. Supporting actor maybe. But yeah, um Yeah, I thought it was yeah, I thought it was fine. Did did you see it? So I saw it during like virtual Sundance twenty twenty one. What you know, over a year before it won Best Picture, Natalie and I watched it together at home, and we were like, "That was nice. That was fun. I liked that movie. It was sweet. Really like Marley Madeline, Madeline and Troy Kotzer. Um And yeah, the teacher. I mean, I like Eugenio Derbez as an actor a lot, but that does feel like a very yeah. boilerplate, like stock character uh, in in the movie. But um, uh, yeah, I I had the benefit of watching it before there was any pressure of watching it as a best picture contender or winner so i was always like i like the movie but if you had told me in january of 2021 this movie's gonna win best picture i would have said oh no what went wrong <laughs> did yeah. no other movies come out yeah and there are some much better movies nominated including of course power of the dog which only won one oscar dakota's three which is just a miscarriage of justice. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's move on to your next movie, which is, uh, oh, a Netflix documentary that I have also seen. Yeah, I saw uh, the movie Senior, directed by, uh, oh, hell, Chris Smith? I think it is Chris Smith. Weirdly... There's another, like, sort of indie low-budget horror director named Christopher Smith who just put out a movie recently with Jenna Malone and Danny Houston called Consecration. It's just just okay. But, uh, yeah, it's Chris Smith. Is this the same Chris Smith that made American Movie? Yeah, and he made um, that documentary about Jim Carrey playing uh, Andy Kaufman that I hated. Oh, yeah, I'm glad I didn't see that. I feel like it would lower my opinion of everyone. But, uh, yeah, Senior about Robert Downey, um, I thought it was really good. I thought it, it worked well. I think it was structured well. 
Um, and it's a nice love letter to his films, and also a really light, a really beautiful portrait of a father and son um, coming to understand each other better as they get older. And uh, yeah, I thought it was really very, very touching, and uh, and yeah, I really loved it. Uh, yeah, I don't have much to say about it. I, I, I liked it um, quite a lot, and I'm definitely glad that we did a profile episode on Rob Downey Sr., because I, uh, I liked having seen so many of the movies that you see uh, clips from there. Um, all right, next up for you is the first, of, first one on your list that I haven't seen. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw uh, the new Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and, um, you know, it was always going to be a weird movie because, you know, they're trying to grapple with the loss of Chadwick Boseman and thus the loss of uh, T'Challa, and uh, I think they handled that really well. But as such, the movie feels very transitional. It just feels like it it, it it meanders a little bit, which is fine with me, but uh, it's, it's two hours and 40 minutes. And I think it does a lot with that time, but it, but I also feel like the film is is trying to find itself. But that said, I think the acting is great. Um, Angela Bassett, who is nominated, absolutely absolutely deserves to be. Uh, I I haven't seen it. I am learning for the first time that it is two hours and 40 minutes. That's that's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I would say that's too long. And uh, everybody... I, I'm sorry for how I sound. I'm sorry for my voice. No, no. It's it's really frustrating me, and I'm sure it's frustrating you too. I, I don't think it it is. I people are not annoyed by your voice. I think we've learned after doing this a few times that people are so happy to hear you that they're not annoyed that you don't sound exactly like yourself. But I understand why it's frustrating for you. Yeah, I. I, I can't talk as quickly as I used to, and my voice cracks, and it's just very frustrating. And so I'm 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 sorry, everyone. Um, I I really don't think you need to apologize, but uh, we're all I'm speaking for the listeners and saying we are more than happy to hear your voice, whatever it sounds like, um, to, to lighten the mood. You mentioned not being able to talk as fast. It reminded me of a conversation that Natalie and I had recently where I we were talking about the Micro Machines guy. And, oh, yeah. and I referred to him... His name... Okay. His, his name is Gene something, right? Uh, I don't remember. I know I looked it up at the time because I referred to him as the old guy from the Micro Machines commercials because I was a kid and he seemed like an old guy and I looked it up and like at the time he was like younger than you and I are now. He, he was in like his late 30s when he was doing those commercials. Um, his name is, no, it's John. John Mashita yeah. Jr. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, he's 
again, he's, I was going to say he's still with us, but of course he is. He's not that old. He's only 68 now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good for him. Let's move on to your penultimate movie, which I have seen. Um, it's... Oh, yeah. Okay, and once again, I forget the name of the director, but I saw the movie Weird about about uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Starring, oh, about, quote-unquote. Yeah, 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 and starring uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Um, I saw this a while ago, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was exactly what it needed to be, which is uh, a parody of musical biopics and occasionally a parody of action movie action movies um and just it had i really love that it has those moments where like just those really overplayed moments of inspiration when the character is just doing something you should hold the mic closer oh. where the character is doing something and then, of course, something uh, hits him, and suddenly you realize, like, oh, this would be a good song. In musical biopics, those those scenes are always really overblown, and I love that they knew that with this, especially um, my sh- my Bologna. That that moment is hilarious, but yeah, and Daniel Radcliffe continues to show that he's a he's a great comedic actor and yeah i really liked it uh yeah eric apple or maybe eric appel is the uh director's name i love evan rachel wood as i always love evan rachel yeah. wood but i love her as as madonna um daniel radcliffe has proven that he can be funny yeah. there's uh <laughs> there's a bit i guess it's been out long enough i could talk with you mentioned that it's like a action movie for a little bit yeah he like kills a guy and Evan Rachel Wood is like you killed that guy and he says something like yeah I know I've been killing a lot of people lately and he says I hadn't really killed anyone before last week <laughs> and the idea that he hadn't really ever killed anyone before is a very funny phrasing uh yeah yeah I, I love that Madonna is like the villain but I also like a lot of the other cameos I love 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 Jack Black as Wolfman Jack. <laughs> that that scene is hilarious. Yeah, that entire scene is hilarious. Uh, all right, well, let's end with another one that I haven't seen. Uh, I forgot that you hadn't seen it. Yeah, I saw... Uh, how do you say his name? I forget. I don't know. M- M- Michael... Is it Mark McLeod? I haven't seen the movie yet. I don't know how you say it, but... Yeah, I saw The Menu starring Rafe Fiennes and Anya Taylor-Joy. You, you know how to say Rafe Fiennes. Yeah, I don't know, Mark Mylod? Mylod? Mark Mylod, yeah, something like that. But anyway, um... Yeah, I saw this movie, and... It's definitely interesting. And really good performances. And great art direction. And... I'd say a pretty, uh, pretty smart script, but, uh, thematically, I won't go too, too far into it here, but thematically, 
it definitely has a a tone that I think is uh, kind of patronizing, and I think it makes arguments uh, about art that I don't agree agree with at all. But uh, but it's still interesting, and I th- I think I'd still recommend it. Um. Okay. Yeah. I uh, Natalie saw it, and she was uh, also torn maybe a little bit more negative than than you on it but do you think you were turned off because none of the food looked appetizing to you (laughs) putting you on the spot some of it did they they i believe they have a chicken dish that looked pretty good to me um but uh but yeah um i i honestly would love to know what you think of it both both stylistically and thematically yeah, there's, um, yeah, I, I had meant to see it. I got, um, I was, uh, listeners might remember for like the first two weeks of November, I was like really sick, not COVID, might've been RSV, we never knew. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I missed my press screening of that um, among others uh, during that two weeks of, of being sick and just never never got around to catching up with it because I think it, once I got into the mode of like, uh, I, seeing the stuff I need to see, it wasn't showing up on enough lists, you know, um, like best of lists for me to like prioritize it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I still haven't gotten around to it, but I, I would be interested in, in seeing it. Uh, there was something else I was going to say um, before we signed off on this, but now I do not remember what it was at all. <laughs> well, I'll sign off by saying that, uh, you know, this is obviously a, a really hard time for me and my my family, but uh, some of your comments that I've seen on Twitter and Facebook and on uh, the episode themselves have been so kind and so encouraging. And I really, I really appreciate the listeners and uh yeah i really if you're listening to this i really love you and i really appreciate everything you've done for us thank you oh man you're gonna get me weepy um yeah so thank you if you want to support tyler there's the gofundme it's pinned to the top of the homepage at battleshipretention.com or you know what you could do that would support tyler and also get you some more content every every week. You could sign up for the Battleship Retention Patreon at patreon.com slash Battleship Retention. Wouldn't you recommend that, Tyler? I absolutely would. Um, yeah, David and, and Scott are doing some, some good stuff. But yeah, you can also go back and listen to, at this point, like three years worth of content. And so, yeah, it's a great way to support the show and support me and... Also, if you're a fan, I think you'd uh, I think you'd love some of the stuff we've done. Yeah, Scott has been filling in for you on the Patreon for the most part. We've had some other guests, but and also uh, uh, Natalie has become my new co taste tester when we do taste test episodes. So she and I ate the uh, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever mac and cheese together. <laughs> What a ridiculous tie-in. <laughs> I think we already talked about this. But yeah, but we actually, um, without any spoilers, Natalie and I have another taste test that'll be coming up in the month of March, I think. 
Um, it might be a twofer. We might try to throw a couple things into one episode. Um, so, uh, oh yeah, this is the movie journal, so we're just supposed to like stop talking, right? Yeah.